Hey dolls and happy new year and welcome back to another episode of the Romantically Lit podcast featuring two undercover hopeless romantics who kiki and review different black romance novels from across the diaspora. I am Hannah. And I'm Odelia. And on this week's episode, we sunrise our first black romance novel of 2024 called Radio Love by Ebony Liddell. It may be getting colder here in Turtle Island, but we are packing some heat with this YA novel, which already is warming our hearts and releasing some butterflies. Love Radio has a total of 21 chapters, and today we're going to be focusing on chapters 1 to 6. If you find out that this ain't, you know, your type of romance, please head over to your favorite audio streaming platform and check out equally romantic books we have reviewed, such as A.E. Valdez's Three Kings Story Series Part 1, Snow King Catches His Snowflake, as well as Part 2, Winter's Eve, Then, Now, and Always, or just continue browsing until you find one of our multiple reviews from last season. As always, in this love shack of ours that we call our liquor podcast, we welcome all different types of love tropes, and we know for sure we have reviewed one just for you. And on that note, bienvenue 2024. Let's get it started. Take it back now, y'all. Cha cha for smooth. These are my moonlight dreams. Money dance. Money things. Money plans. Moonlight dreams. Money dance. Money things. Money plans. Moonlight Hello, everybody, and welcome back, as my very eager co-host stated. Happy New Year. We're happy to be back. I'm very excited to uh, talk about this book. I already know. Do you know what? I'm, I didn't say, want to say this earlier, Hannah, but do you know the feeling I got? I got emotional, actually, during the first couple chapters. And you know the feeling I got? <laughs> Remember when we were reading a certain book last year? <laughs> Which one? The one that kept me up at night. I kept on my bedside cover. Where we <laughs> end up again by Jane Garb. Yeah, that's what I'm getting here. And I'm really excited because I feel like... This is this is more healthier, to be honest. Well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like, again, I guess the theme's the same, like Young Love, because the book, the other one... You know, I just like every book I liked last year had to do with like young people finding each other and then, huh. right? Anyways, but I just I love it. I love it already. And uh, yeah, I got a little emotional. Like I shed a tear. I was like, oh my god. So I did too. I read. Did this, you actually? I read the first six chapters on the flight to Dallas, and I got teary eyed in the on the plane. Really. It was chapter five. It was chapter five. Yeah, it was chapter five. Um, and I think a little bit of chapter two. Um, I just think so far, Ebony Labelle. I was gonna say Ebony Labelle, like the like Patty Labelle. Patty Labelle. <laughs> Miss Ebony Liddell. Miss Ebony Liddell. Um, <laughs> I can see. It's also like I feel like it's. I don't know much about like the author um themselves, but I feel like it's like um. It owed to love, her, yeah, to like a love story to Detroit. I think she has to be from Detroit. She, okay, so I have looked her up. She is from Detroit, okay. and she's a um, what do you call it? A plant to New York. You know when people she's an implant. Imp, okay, that word. Um, and even like the beginning of the book, she says to the young Detroit creative who's yeah. too afraid, like to do it, like just do it. So I think it's like an ode to her, to herself. Uh, but like, uh, and you know what, guys, we finally left New York. 
though it seems these two might return, we left Atlanta. Where else have we been? We've been to Lagos. We left Lagos. We left London. Mysterious island in the Caribbean. Mysterious island. We left Hope Valley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we left. Where else did we go? There was somewhere, but we kept coming back to Josiah, New York. I don't know where Josiah before I let go. They were in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we left all those places, and we left the Brits too. Honey and Spice. Where were we in the UK? We left London. I don't know where they were in Honey and Spice. It was somewhere like in South, the country. North. Oh, they were. F- oh, because they went to predominantly white yeah. university. Yeah. But speaking of Honey and Spice, they feel. Yeah. yeah I wrote down my notes. This is giving Kai and Kiki. Kiki. So our characters, we meet Danny or Danielle Mm -hmm. and Prince Jones, which I think is so funny because like, you know, the, how much they reference love Jones, which, and his name on the DJ show is love, love Jones. Jones. If (laughs) you are black and you have watched the cult classic love Jones, this book here is just gonna satisfy all the things that you want because it's t- I love Love Jones. I know y'all have, of course, of course, I understand. Like, I think it's one of the better. What are the criticisms? Of lo- I feel like of all the black romances, bar a few, but I guess the ones of the nineties. I'll say Love Jones is. My I would say it's one. the best one. It is the best one. Y'all would say what Love and Basketball when they had my girl literally. Mm-mm. That man said, "I don't want to love you, so I'm willing to come back from an ACL injury and beat you at horse." Do you know how sick? That is, <laughs> I always choose to forget. <laughs> I personally did not feel that much for love and basketball. I think I think it's important for us to have for black people to have a discography of their films. Is that is that what it's called? Discography of film. I don't know what the actual. I word guess is. so. Filmography. Filmography. That's what Wiki um, says. But at the end of the day, Love Jones is the best one. The f- moment I watched it, I said, "That's it." In fact, Love Jones it really shaped what type of love I want. Yeah. Because Lawrence Tate, he is so and Neil Long in that movie. They were and his doing character everything. I Ooh. loved it. Yeah, no, I they were. They, it was too good. It was too good. And the I know, fashion. like Danny says, like no mm. black girl standing in the rain to get her silk press wet to be kissing a man. Well, you know what? Some of us want that. How about that? I will be there with my silk press, getting all <laughs> wet with my leather jacket, kissing up my '90s handsome man. Listen. That's all I want in this life of sin. No, but I'm really excited. So yeah, this is the first YA book we're reading on the podcast, and this is the first one we're going to read this year. I think we have one or two others. I know. Um, Jay, you don't want me. Hannah doesn't want me to say, but one of the if you know what. We're going to redirect you to our Instagram where we put up a to be read. Yeah. So you guys go to our Instagram at Romantically Lit. I also posted it on our Twitter at Romantically Lit. So you can look at some of the books that we're hoping to get through this first quarter or first half of the year, possibly. Um, and maybe you'll see some other YA novels there and some from authors that we frequented in season one that we loved. And um, <laughs> yeah, you let us know. But Ebony Liddell, Miss Ebony Liddell, we've not read, but yeah, we're we're in the Motor City. Han, have you been to Detroit? I have. I've never been to Detroit, but for some strange reason, my father, when he was doing his masters in the U.S., he would always talk about Detroit. Like I think I I knew more about the history of Detroit than any <laughs> really? other American city, just because of how drastically it changed from you know. 
when the the huge auto industry that was there was pumping money into the yeah. into the into the city and then all of a sudden gone dead left alone recession. abandoned recession and then of course now tech is the number one thing I didn't everywhere. know that but yeah I didn't know that tech was booming in Detroit yeah. but yeah Detroit's only three hours from us here so and my I had family who lived out there so we went to Springfield and then to Detroit um, it's not that amazing not gonna lie guys sorry to Detroit people but y'all know what your city looks like <laughs> um and the city across from you guys, the Canadian city, Windsor, it's also a motor town. So, like, I mean, again, it's, you know, twins. Um, love y'all from across the pond cause, or the lake, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's cool. Home of, you know, a lot of great black music. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't Go-Go music? No, Go-Go music's from Philly, right? I don't think it's Detroit. I think it's Philly, actually. I don't, Big I don't Sean is from Detroit. So, you know, Big Sean, love Big Sean. Last night took it ill, but tonight I've got All right, so back. let's get into the book Because <laughs> you're just staring at me. Because I honestly, Odilia, whether he was from Detroit, whether he was from California, whether he was from Alaska. I'm trying to I would think. have just, I would have just nodded and say, yep, I guess. Okay, anyway, so we meet our two characters. We start out with a little message. You know what? Last time we talked about it, you mentioned it being a YA, but I was like, why do I feel like she's wrong? Until I opened up the book and they're talking about a 15-year-old DJ. And I was like, oh, so he started young. Okay. And why would then, I be lying? Not like you lied. I just thought you got it wrong. How? I don't know. I recommended this book. I know. Anyway, there's also a blurb. If people read, you can also tell from the blurb that there are. I, I like to be surprised. Sure, that's why you like to read the last page of every book before finishing. No, because sometimes I get excited, and I just need to know. You don't have any form of delayed gratitude? No, girl, that's actually an issue. No, I don't, but thank mm. you. Um, anyway, so we meet a young DJ by the name of Prince Jones, uh, known by his DJ name, DJ Love Jones, mm -hmm. on the, I guess, the prelude to Chapter 1. Yeah. It's just a blurb. He's going to be doing an hour every day before dj roams who we later learn is his uncle mm -hmm. um and yeah and he's also a love doctor gotta love a love doctor yeah and um yeah he loves music and then we cut to chapter one and it's first person for both chapters yeah um and oh we're going back and forth with the with the um, we call it the narr the perspectives. I love I like books. We that didn't get that for Honey and Spice, right? It was never in Kai's perspective. No, it was an it, was, it was always okay. Kiki's perspective. But we got it from where we end and begin, right? And we also got it from Before I Let Go. Did we get that? And for Seven Days in June. Yeah, Seven Days in June as well. Oh, and The Perfect Find as well. I think. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Snow King catches a snowflake as well as Winter's Eve. You're right. So we have been doing this. Listen. The only one that was very, that was one sided uh, throughout was Yinka. I well, Yinka struggled one. throughout. Yeah. So it was so. her struggle. It was a solo, it was a solo struggle. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? And then she found love and self love. Great. Listen. But um, yeah, I was going to say something. Oh, I saw a TikTok actually <laughs> um, that it was like when you're reading a book. And an age gap, age gap trope book, and the person knew them when they were a child, 
and I think I sent it to you and I was like the perfect fine core. <laughs> yeah. Like, but then the ones in the comments that people were reading were worse. I'm pretty sure there's a whole like in the realm of uh, romance tropes, there is a whole group of people who I feel like they are very, very close from catching a case. Listen, it's like, just like kinks. Yeah, exactly. Like somebody is going to catch you and you are going to be cuffed <laughs> up and sent to prison. You're very close. Because somebody in the comments, or trigger warning, I guess, I don't even know. Somebody in the comments was like, this book was a, an erotic book, erotic romance. And one of them said, like, I've been waiting to do this. And I was like, pardon? Waiting to do what? Pardon? Let's move on. Anyway, so back to the YA book that we're reading. <laughs> so, you know, let's be more appropriate. Anyway, so we meet young Danielle. And honestly, she reminds me so much of myself at that age. And I'm not even old. I'm a smooth, a fresh 26. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, this this is me. This is me, but even smarter. Because the book, like, she's reading books I had barely even dabbled in at her age. Like, mm-hmm. she's reading Zora. She's reading uh, Tony. She's reading Audrey Lord. I didn't touch Audrey Lord till university. She's reading, who else was on the list there? Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou. She's reading um, Roxanne Gay, um, Jasmine Ward. Those are all the people. Those are all those are some of my idols, too. Were those the names on the typewriter? Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, so, and her mother, she has a military daddy. Yeah. And a mom. I don't know what her mom does, but they met in university. Yeah. So, her mom loves love. Her mom and is beyond. Yes. it's She has an obsession with love. Yes. And I think she said, like, her top five black romances are Love Jones, Love and Basketball, St- How Stella Got Her Groove Back. Waiting to Exhale. Waiting to Exhale. Um, I can't remember the others, but there are, there are a few uh, classics there. Yes, but a lot of these suck. Like, now that I'm older, I'm so sorry. How Stella Got Her Groove Back. A fifty-something-year-old woman goes to Jamaica, where a fit where uh, Tay Diggs is doing a shitty Jamaican accent, falls in love with someone young enough to be her son, okay. and then they break up anyways. Well, it's not possible for them to waiting be in a to exhale. One poor Lavetta Devine was in love with a gay man. Whitney Houston was in love with a man who didn't want to leave his husband. Okay, one thing I'm gonna give waiting to exhale. I feel like it. I think the cinematography was very well done. It actually, yeah, Forrest shout Whitaker, out Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker did a great job, and the soundtrack is one of the most iconic okay, baby soundtracks face. ever. Um, and I always loved the fact that they were based in Arizona and like the desert. That's nothing that to do with the actual story. It was great. That That's all I can give it because I feel like it placed a lot of, it gave a lot of foundation for some of y'all to try and do something. But I think Wayne Excel is not too too bad to be honest, compared to Stella got her groove back. I just think I think I agree with Danielle. Like, but I think she she's more like black co- black romances are are corny. She's like, you know, a girl's usually going through something and she does something drastic. She cuts her hair. She does, and you know, Stel or Angela Bassett, does she not like cut her? Well, she burns her husband's shit. Yeah, you know, iconic scene. <laughs> but I'm she's gonna, right. I agree with her absolutely. They they're not as nuanced and they're not as in depth, and that's her biggest complaint with it. And also a complaint a complaint with her mom because her mom is obsessed with just how her favorite part is showing up and i'm just like girl this is not the best part trust me this is not even the best movie but i also i also want to give grace because i want to make sure that even as black creators we're able to fail or not have quote unquote the best films 
because a lot of white creators have the most horrible, horrible plots when it comes to romance and everything else, and they get a lot of praise for it. So I'm gonna just say it's not and the I best. I mean, that is that is you know I always believe in black mediocrity. Yeah, absolutely. However, I'm standing for it, I do think we've pushed the limit because it's the same way I feel about support black businesses. I want to be clear: support black businesses, guys. But it's the fact that a lot of you know that we're going to support you, whether you're black or just because on the basis Fair you're enough. black, you, you're you not good business runners. I think we've gone on here and talked about how the hair girls do business, the eyelash ladies, the nail techs, and that's just the ones that are more female uh, centered. But like across all of you, you guys put out t-shirts with the dumbest shit on it Fair and enough. just like, let's support. So in the same light, like, yeah, we should support black filmmakers and black musicians and and you know we need to uplift our own as uh mr love jones prince says in the book um about title but like to bring it back to title i think one of his friends says me because like he don't need my nine dollars yeah, jay-z does not need my nine dollars no he does not and he's a billionaire he already has that money like yeah he doesn't your little penny is not gonna do anything to his net worth so don't i'm so i'm so sorry just don't so yeah i believe in black mediocrity but at the same time if you're asking people to go out support to watch this you shouldn't just put out anything because, i agree like oh like because uh, it's black because we're black and we should show up no we should show up to to you know to something at least somewhat good because yeah there's shitty black white romances absolutely but in the same light there's really good ones and there's a ton more good ones and of course we can say because those ones get the backing and the love and even now in current day there's a lot less romances period film wise yeah but like i just feel like when it comes to romances that we grew up on and we've learned to love um they they just don't do the black women characters justice. No, they they don't do. find the love that is is whole and healthy and like, you know. And you know what? That's why the last it's holiday fine. is the best one I think for me. I like that one with um Queen Latifah. Yeah. And El Cool J. <laughs> I I'm gonna say, fine. When we were breaking through like the film in terms of romance, because we're all coming out, you know, like almost not back to back, but they were not that far apart from each other. So like waiting to excel, like they were all there in the nineties, whatever. Modern day screenwriters need to take that and be like, everything here is wrong. Let's try and improve them. I really have not seen really good contemporary romance ones besides like Barry Jenkins, um, If Bill Street Could Talk. And that's really based and off And even James that is Baldwin. like based off a book. Yeah. Yeah. And it's based off Moonlight. I would say but Moonlight. Then, no. Mm, uh, mm, mm. But they're, they have not, none of them have really struck me to be like, wow, like this is so well put together. And yes. I feel like they can. I just don't know if it's just, you know, systematic racism that's causing the they blockage. They lack chemistry. From them. I'll tell you that from, from the freaking start. The photograph. Let me just tell you right now. <laughs> Issa Rae and uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Stanfield. I had so much hope because, I mean, Issa Rae in Insecure and her with um, Jay Ellis did a great job with him playing Lawrence. And I thought they were going to like, I just thought like maybe they could do it like he's Stanfield. Mm-mm. Even the storyline was off. I will always say with the photograph, the story should have been Yolanda Noel and Shantae Adams. Yeah. Because every time Shantae Adams said my May, I was clue. I sat up in it my been movie so theater good. chair. That story was beautiful. In fact, they didn't even get enough screen time. No, they didn't. Yeah. That should have been the story. Not those two running around New York doing God knows what. Yeah. Then there was the one with Kofi Cerebo. I, I just think that movie needed a little more money. It was good, and editing. But and then I, and was, after that, I can't think of any other 
like I saw somebody make a list of romances and they included Think Like a Man. I was like, whoa, I've never like even what? thought of Think Like a Man that as is a not romance. A, that is not. In fact, if Think Like a Man is a romance, then <laughs> I would definitely think Why'd I Get Married and Why'd I Get Married 2 is a romance too. I think it is a romance. Is it? Oh, wait, Why'd I Get Married? No, I was thinking of The Best Man. N- it's not. Um, All of those are, no. <laughs> there is no love there. No, there's love in, in Why'd I Get Married. Jill Scott's character finds love after torture. Okay, so <laughs> so all this criticism that Odile and I have is exactly what Danny feels. Yes, she's just like I, and that's why she aspires to be a writer and she wants to go to um, New York City. But she doesn't want to be a romance writer. No, she, she says, doesn't want to be a romance writer. And this is when I say she sounds like I think a lot of young girls um, who aren't boy crazy in yeah. particular. She says I want to write about something important. Yeah, she wants. And that's why she has a list of her idols. And Maya I'm just Angelou. like, oh, you you think you bad, huh? Like, just think about your. And I was like, oh my god, this is the type of nonsense I was saying. Like, I think you, we should all be reading and blah, like, shut right. up. <laughs> just to find out that love is the center of everything Listen. that people write. Anything <laughs> that you read, there's love. Love is based everywhere. I'm so sorry, girl. Like, Listen. Danny, I understand what you're saying. Yes, you know, make it more in-depth, make it more nuanced, but at the bottom line, it's going to be love at the and end And she of the herself day. doesn't really believe this because she states, like, she when she's, um like, dusting and she'll pick up the, the her mom's CD case or DVD case and yeah. look it over and she thinks about that scene in the rain with Lorenz Tate and Nia Long. And she's like, I don't know why I'm thinking about it. I was like, girl, because you love it just like the rest that of was, us. Exactly. <laughs> because we are human beings. Beings. Yeah, we, we function in communities. Love, whether it's self-love or love to romantic friendship, it's important. And girl, like, just get on the train and fall in love. What's wrong? <laughs> and um, yeah. and I do love that scene too in the rain scene. I think she's talking about the the very end when he confesses, like, "Girl, I want you back." Like, what are we doing here? Honestly, I still don't know why she stopped talking to him in that movie for a little bit. That pissed me off real bad. I really hate when y'all go no contact for no reason <laughs> because a phone call. Solved it. Solved the whole situation. But yeah, and I I will say one more thing. I don't want to forget. Because I did see a couple other people talk about this recently. And it's a general conversation surrounding teenage girlhood currently. Mm -hmm. Um, I was telling Hannah, like my cousin, she got into, she she was reading fan fiction. She wanted to tell me. And I was like, girl, I know what fan fiction is. Like, you don't don't quote the old scripture to me. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote the book. I listen. <laughs> but I saw a couple like bookstore workers and librarians online talking about the fact that girls are coming in and they're not reading YA novels anymore. Mm-hmm. They're going straight to the hard stuff. And it's it's shaking them to their core. They're like, please pick up the YA book. Um, one of them said that one of the little girls came in and picked up uh, Colleen Hoover's um it ends with us because all her friends were reading it. You know what? Because that was wasn't um twenty twenty two's like top top yeah romance novel and every and y'all just that's not for you to read. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's but then not. I here's the thing, right? And here's where I struggle. And somebody pointed out because I agree. Please go read the Prince's Diaries. Go yeah. read something. Meg like, Cabot is yeah. right there. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> that's my go queen. read the A Million YA. Like this book now, I'm like, we're only, only six chapters in. I told Han, I'm in love already. Yeah. I'm going to be recommending it to this, my cousin. Um, But she, the people are also like, I remember being in high school and people were trying to read Fifty Shades of Grey because it was so popular <laughs> in the same light. 
I knew not to pick that shit up because I was like, this is inappropriate. If my mama catches me with it, she's going to beat me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I remember them reading it. I remember reading Sister Soldier and some of the stuff she was describing there. I was like, oh, I remember reading fan fiction and the things they were writing in there were crazy. So <laughs> at the same time, I think, yeah, I encourage young girls to to read things their age. Yeah. I, it's, but it's, at the same it's time, important. it's almost inevitable. That they're going to find the other stuff. It's much easier so. for them to find the other stuff now because it's everywhere. Oh, it's everywhere. Unlike, you know, how I was growing up, you know, like we didn't have really have fast internet until later, later on. Yeah. And I had to focus, I had to rely on the school library. Yes. And trust me, when I go there and get my little stamp to write my <laughs> name when it's due, they're going to look at the book and say, you're in, um, you're in year eight, right? I'm like, yep. It's like, mm-mm. <laughs> this book is not for your age. <laughs> I have to go pick up another book. Okay. There was regulations, restrictions. Anyway, I think it's, I think it's fine to pace with your age. Don't try and grow up too fast. Trust me. It's not good on this side. It's hard (laughs) and treacherous. Okay. Treacherous from Toronto. You know how they say sleepless from Seattle? Because the radio <laughs> show. You know, we should, from, that would be a good movie. Treacherous from Toronto. I see the plot already. Two young Torontonians trying to figure it out in this city. Yeah. Maybe they meet after they both miss the TTC. Yeah. And they just start talking. Let's write it. Email. We should write it. Nobody steal our idea, please. Who? Uh, <laughs> if I see treacherous in Toronto out there, we'll know who did this. <laughs> We got the timestamps. We released it first, so we have the copyright. Listen. To it. <laughs> um. Anyway, um. I want to quickly go through this chapter. I think one of my favorite points, one of my favorite things that um I like is when they had this flashback and her mom gifted her Maya Angelou's vintage typewriter. Oh, I loved that. That was that so was, thoughtful. I'm. It's beyond thoughtful. And then encrypted all her idols. And then, and then hers. Then That's hers when I the felt end. the first ping in my chest. That was only three pages in, and yeah. I said. It's okay, Ebony. Slow down, girl. <laughs> Slow down. We don't get too deep into it. And I just love that. Like I thought I, I actually wrote it down and said, This is if someone ever did that for me, I don't know. Like I would think that you love me endlessly. Like you think about And her me. mama does love yeah. her. Because even the care in which her mom approaches, like asking her what's wrong, what's right. wrong. She, I was like, damn, like, you got a soft mom. Yeah. Because my mom used to be like, come in my room. <laughs> and I, I love you, mommy. <laughs> and then she closed the door and be like, well, start talking. And she's like, what is it? <laughs> and, and I just start, I don't know yet. Like, you know, her mom is giving her space and time know, and like, like, just let it settle. And then I also love the fact that she also writes to her idols every time she's going through a situation. Listen, right the one now, to Tony. The one to Tony about female friendship, I've not read Sula. Yeah. But I was like, damn, this is, and I have so, I have so many thoughts about this book. The book already. I have so me. many thoughts. I was on the plane saying, this is a good book. No, I have even, so many thoughts. So her first letter was to Maya. Yes. Maya Angelou, the late Maya Angelou, the great late Maya <laughs> Angelou, who, let me tell you guys, I, the reason why I got into um, spoken word was because of Maya Angelou. Yeah. That woman means everything to me. I have her, um, a little like graphic of her in my room and I look at it every day because I love that. I love that woman so much. Anyway, I loved her letter to Maya because she's talking about being a caged bird because right now her mom is like inquiring like, what's wrong what's wrong and she's and danny's applying 
for college and you guys know college applications if y'all did the common app you know in the u.s it's <laughs> they ask you all kinds of questions like what if you were an animal what animal would it be <laughs> and you have to sort of relate it to your own yeah passions how ask how i only started having to do that in the canadian system in post-grad like mm-hmm. for postgraduate programs mm-hmm. when i applied for grad school and stuff like that that's when they asked us for like for yeah. undergrad it's- they were like just show us your grades what do you do do you meet the requirements? Yes or no. So when I hear like you guys are writing like literal <laughs> novels, to it's crazy. So that you could pay to get an education. Yeah. It's mad. Um, I mean, the yeah. schools I should think about NYU and Columbia are pretty, they're pretty yeah. top, top schools. So I guess she wants like, to be New York, right? Yeah. Which every, every creative wants to be in New, in New York. York or LA, but like, and you, yeah. <laughs> It, and I New get York it. is a lot, yeah. but I understand why people want to be there, obviously. Um, but I loved her letter to Maya talking about she feels like a caged bird and everything. And towards the end, she said something that I felt the way you felt at some point. And uh, anybody who knows Maya Angelou's story, yeah, she was actually assaulted, and that's that, what, yeah, and that's what actually got her into reading and writing because when she told her parents, they went ahead and they found the person. He ended up killing being, himself. And exactly. He ended she up was unaliving himself. She stopped speaking. I think she was like eight or nine. Yep. She stopped speaking and she, she thought found, it was her fault. And she found relief going into the library and reading every single book that there was. Yeah. And that's how. I think even like talking back with care, like just thinking about, I know why the cage birds sing. Mm-hmm. The way she describes it's her grandmother, I think. Yeah. Like when she saw speaking her grand, I just remember her grandmother always saying like, "It's okay, baby. You'll speak when you want us when you have yeah. something to say," and I, that that's such a good uh, autobiography as well. Like that is so good. Maya Angelou's mom is seems to me like an amazing woman. Yeah. Even when she fell pregnant. Yeah. And her mom is just like, "Do you love that boy?" She's like, "Nope." She's like, "Then there's no point in us ruining two lives." Honestly, and this is can you imagine that response from a parent? Or 60s. Yes, where it's there's shame around yeah. it. And like I compare it to like Cicely Tyson because I read her, I read her memoir like a couple years ago when she fell pregnant she had because you know sex education was on the low she had no idea still that low, but it's worse you or. can get pregnant yeah <laughs> anyhow and her mom she was terrified because her mom yeah. was extremely religious religious and when I compare this like different types of parenting I'm just like I would want to be more softer like Maya's mom yeah and I'm pretty sure Danny's mom maybe would have been. I don't know, but anyway, I'm just, I'm just, I just want y'all to know Maya Angelou is amazing, and I love that girl. <laughs> I love her. I love her. You don't understand, okay? Phenomenal woman, yes. <laughs> and yeah, to Maya Angelou. Anyway, um, that's the end of that chapter. Yes, but I do think eventually, because I think you're right, based on the other chapters, and I yeah. feel the whole thing made me so upset. We'll get, we'll get yeah. Let's I'm not get gonna lie it. to you; these are not gonna be short episodes because I have so much to say. Okay. But like, I, just. We'll At least I didn't bring my notes this time. I didn't bring no quotes. I have one quote. Well, no worries. And you can bring it up. We'll try and consolidate. Okay, let's speed, <laughs> let's speed through the rest of the chapter. But I'm just going to say, it, it. okay, let's go to chapter two. So chapter two, we switch perspective. We are now listening to Mr. Love Jones himself, Prince. Mm-hmm. He and his friends are in his basement room. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, sat, he got a weight, uh, what do you call it, a weight? Thingy, no, I don't know. They're bench. working out. They're working out as little boys do. So if I remember their names, so obviously Prince is our main guy. Mm-hmm. There's Malik. There's Ant who has a one year old daughter. And then there's Yasan. Yasin? Yasin, sorry. Yasin who is I'm thinking of Yasan from Nine Day Fiance. Yasin <laughs> who is not black. I remember that from the later chapters. Yeah, he's not. Um 
but it's the four of them. And Malik is a little bit of a player because he has Malik two girls. Malik is a waste girls. man. You always <laughs> need to have a waste man in your group, okay? If Prince he's is a seventeen-year-old, yeah, but he's a waste man. <laughs> so he basically, um, he's got two girls fighting for him, and we're only one week into school. It's like Labor Day weekend just passed. He's got my girl Rashida, who is a a cute hijabi, and somebody else that he sees on um, the weekend. Charte, Chart, Chart, yeah, something Chart. Like um i feel like that is short form <laughs> it has to be shortened to something shart shart your name is just shart okay so anyway so she sees shart on the weekend like he's like she's scissor mm-hmm. because shart quote unquote i don't like talking about little girls like this but she puts out that's what he says yeah and rashida being the you know the young she's hijabi, protecting her dean okay he, yes <laughs> and she's not she he's like she takes a couple steps and she gets scared yeah which she should because why you want to ruin that little girl's life malik and um, but malik loki likes rashida more yes but he's he's sexually impatient waste man <laughs> so shards came up to him and rashida in the hallway talking about where were you you're not asking my test game who is this and the two girls started ratata and what did malik do like the waste you he is he said i gotta go to class <laughs> so his boys are like what kind of behavior is this and um I'm no like, remorse that means just like <laughs> it happened like what do you want me to do and leave those little girls alone yeah. leave them alone so they're talking about that and then they're like, Miss Mr. Love Jones yourself, you always out here giving opinions about things, mm-hmm. Malik says, because now he feels targeted. Mm-hmm. He's like, What about you? Where's you you know? Next you know, he starts talking about he's seen his ex. I think he was dating a girl who's a year older than him, yeah, Morgan. Uh, yeah, named Morgan and she just went off to college. Yes, she's at um mi- is it Michigan? I don't know, but she's University she of Michigan, I think. Maybe. I don't know. Just because they said that she's dating the best Michigan wide receiver. And Michigan's a huge football school. You of Michigan. Um, Michigan State is a huge football school. So I'm assuming that's where she's at. And the fact that everybody knows who it is and everything. And he's like, oh, man, I don't know what this girl did to him outside of going off to school. But it's hurt him a little bit. But he also has this crush on this girl who we don't know yet. He's had a crush on her since middle school. I won't lie. At this point, I didn't think it was Danny. I thought really? it was somebody else. I, yeah. I knew it was Danny immediately. I knew it was Danny at the library, um, but I didn't know then. But um, he he essentially is like, they're like, you you keep crutching on this girl. Go talk to her. If you're if you're really bad, yeah. Like if you're about it, go talk to her. He's like, no, like please take. He's time. like chill, you know, thing, whatever. I think his friends always make fun of him. He's just like, you don't take your own advice. You know what yes. I mean? Because you're good at dishing it out, right? When Sleepless in Seattle calls, like, yo, like, my man is like this and that. He's like, yeah, yeah, do this, do that. And then he just he just can't do it for himself. Well, you know, honestly, a lot of those things are very hard to practice. In your life. Listen, as people say, sometimes it's easier to be the coach doesn't need the experience, mm-hmm. you know, kind mm-hmm. of situation. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, at the same time, though, something happens upstairs is a thud. And unfortunately, it's Prince's mom who has MS, multiple yeah. sclerosis. So, and hers is reoccurring and relapsing. So yeah. it comes and goes. Obviously, because of the constant reoccurring um, nature, it's gonna slowly get worse. She's had it for the past like nine years since she was eight. Yeah. And as we learned, as many men do when women get sick, they they his dad walked out on them yep. because their younger brother also has ADHD. Mook, yeah. Mook has ADHD. I know he said the whole thing, and I was like, wait a second. ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very, I mean, very common. Very, 
a curse. Yes. Um, but yeah, he, um, you know, waste man, that one too. That one left his, abandoned his family because he couldn't stick with the new circumstances. Yeah. Which forced Prince to now become be the man of the house. Which again, fathers in the home. Fathers in the home. Fathers in the home. But you know what he said? He <laughs> said, even when his dad was around, he was not around. No, he wasn't. So sometimes when even the father's in the house, fathers are not in the home. <laughs> in the home. It's, this is not the first time we're hearing this, but it upsets me because now you were forced a 16, 17 year old person to grow up faster than they should. Now he Nine is the, his rate. He's a primary caretaker for his mother yes. and his little brother. Yes. And so and he puts a lot of care. And I was like, Miss yeah. Ebony, again, all these writers, you give the male characters these stories that like make and me want to just pull them to my chest and say, it's going to be okay. And like, how do you expect me not to fall in I love already, with him? I fell in love with him the moment he, the way he handled his mom, because obviously, like what yeah. Julia said, when the mom fell, because you know, like recurring MS, and like the the symptoms in it, because MS stays. It's just more of like it gets worse and worse over time. Is that what you said? I'm not a doctor. Um, from what I understand, normally the M- how I normally understood MS is that it it gets worse over time, but then the way it sounds is that she's had it. Um, it's it comes it's been coming and going as she's gone like as the years have passed but then when it does come it's kind of stuck more which is why now she needs a cane to walk right okay so his his, god his mom was trying to have a bath yeah and she fell and like she was she was naked yeah she's like in the ground and you know like him being very polite he's very polite very respectful you know, just knocking the door, can I come in? Like, even, like, helping her up and everything. Like, it doesn't bother him or unfazes him. And that is why, when later on, when he offers to do something for Danny, I was taken aback. But then he does it for his mom, which is yeah. so caring. Yeah. But, again, the bottom line is as someone his age who has dreams and aspirations, because he, too, wants to go to... Yes. He wants to go to... um a, a, He wants to get an internship in New York for, like, a satellite program or whatever, for stations and whatever. Yeah. But he's afraid um, to leave his mom. Yeah, because she does, again, she doesn't have a caretaker, and then the, her, his brother is like nine years younger than him. Yeah, so he's he's a baby. Of a yeah, child. so it's 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 asking a lot. But I, yeah, and also you know what he there is Uncle Jerome the DJ. Yeah, but then he doesn't he travels and works and stuff. Oh, he so he doesn't really come yeah. back to his sister from time to time to take care. So really, Prince is. PJ is the one. He is the quote unquote. calling her PJ like she know him personally. That's why they call him sometimes. Yeah, some, his mama. Whoop. Anyway, <laughs> um, he helps his mo- mom and I think some, I, I can, I know the mom just feels this, she feels She this does. Guilt. She's just she like, does. I cannot believe my 17 year old child is taking care of me yeah. and not the other way around. And yeah. like she can't help it because it's a mess. Yeah. You're right. It is a mess. But <laughs> Nobody moved. <laughs> Nobody laughed at her. If you're listening to this, don't anyway. giggle. Don't give her the satisfaction of knowing he that you giggled. He kicked giggle. his friends out of uh, the house because he has to take care of, you know, yeah. things going wrong. Um, and then I think that chapter ends with like a, a radio transcript from his show later on. Yes, he has a letter from a kid from school who asked the girl out and she laughed in his face. And... Um, He's like, well, essentially, how to get my pride back? Like, what do I do? He's like, you just gotta take the L, bro. Yeah, take it. Don't let rejection define you. Yeah. Hey, on to the next one. 
You know, and he's like, don't turn into a demon just because a girl re- rejected you. Do you say one more time? Don't turn into a demon just because a girl rejected you. One more time. You. That man back there didn't hear us. What'd you say? <laughs> I said, don't turn into a demon just because a girl rejected you. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> chapter chapter three. <laughs> so to chapter three. <laughs> um, <laughs> chapter three is a meet cute. So you have to please. Oh my goodness. Can I, this is when I started cheesing. Like, Y'all, I was like, I'm 26 years old, cheesing at these but two teenagers. love is love, regardless of, you know, what stage you're in. Oh, I have a question. Yeah. Because when I was reading it, I imagined the library that I live by when I was reading it. Oh, what right. What do you imagine when, when Well, they it's a library? public library. So yeah. I'm assuming it's just like any other public library. Oh, I this. imagined mine. For some reason, they were in my library that I grew up in, like... For some reason, that's what came to my it, head. And that's perfectly fine because I'm pretty sure they all have the same ingredients. Shelves, books, <laughs> computers, and silence. <laughs> and carpets that smell like dust. But mm. Actually, I went to the library the other day. They had games set up, like Wii games or something. And I was like, what which, the heck? Which library? Uh, The one I live by in Brampton. Really? Yeah. I see fun I'll say it's up. a vast pleasant library. It was yeah, they were like playing something. And I was like, this is new and I hadn't been there in a minute. Mm. So, okay. Um, but anyways, well, yeah, so they meet. He's looking for books for his brother because his brother uh he reads to his brother every night. Like he shouldn't have to, but he does. <laughs> so, he like he's looking for books and the books are stupid. They're like frog meets fish or something like that yeah and he's like where are the black boys yeah and for some reason i never thought about that <laughs> i was like you're right these are kind of stupid yeah but um the librarian who comes up she's a black librarian and he's like realistically these are dumb like he even reads it out to her and she's like boy i know like i go to conferences and i try and tell them and mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and she does give him a couple books that are more like more cater to what he's looking for mm-hmm. and he as he's walking around he sees his crush miss danny and she's walking around and he describes what she's wearing this was so cute like I, I know he's like in crazy. love with her like the way he crazy. describes well, like and i look at the same thing that is i want you we, we don't discuss the book yeah we make an active effort to not talk about it before we sit here so we can give you our true honest opinions so we don't discuss it i don't know what her favorite parts are i don't know anything um <laughs> but yeah like just the way he describes everything about her and i was like damn you in high school like y'all have to get married now like i don't know like i need i need miss soulmate like she gotta give me a follow-up book when they're like 37 with kids or something miss ebony liddell if you're listening <laughs> ebony liddell <laughs> this from the very beginning i was hooked honestly that's how i knew it was good i got excited because i was like <gasps> I only really got this feeling like once or twice last year and we're already in January and it's coming in hot. <laughs> I love starting off. I love starting of the year with something so top. Mm. But anyway, we can DM her and ask if they're, if she's thinking about continuing their love story. <laughs> we should. Cause I would read. I would read <laughs> just a little, you know, this is the type of book that needs me an epilogue. <laughs> right. The epilogues. Anyway. So he spots Danny. Update. But anyway, the so crush he, he couldn't Danny. shake. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she's she's like she's wearing I don't remember what shoes she's wearing, but she's wearing like a sweater dress, and she's reading the top of the books. And he walks over, and he like stands a little too close to her, and she's yeah. like, "Um, hello," and he's like, "Sorry, sometimes like I'm so tall, I don't notice personal space sometimes." Right. And I was like, "I wouldn't know. I'm short, so I'm not gonna say he's lying or anything." Yeah. 
but um he's like what are you reading and he's like she's like the dedications he's like right 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 he's like word i love them too and she's like yeah what are they and he's like you know i don't know what those are <laughs> <laughs> at least he's honest he's like listen i just said that <laughs> for the sake of saying it Listen. And like he's internally talking to himself, like, what am I doing? Why am I yes. doing this? Like he's nervous. Yes, his heart's going pit a pat a pit a pat. I love that. So she's like, obviously, it's like, you know, where the author's talking about like where they think they're people and whatnot, and like you know, and she's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And he's like, you don't remember me? And she's like, no. It's like we went to middle school together, and. I do a radio show, and she's like, I have an Apple Music subscription. <laughs> and <laughs> which I thought was funny because that's interesting. Because um, radio is a, a much smaller, it, I don't want to say it's a dying. No, art I, form. I, think, I think it's still there, but you know, most people are on streaming sites. Yes. Speaking of radio, you know, we only have like one black radio station in toronto mm -hmm. and it's been on like an up and down because of management and whatnot and they're having like a revival right now and like some really great programming like i'm gonna have to turn it on i'm so excited mm -hmm. i used to listen to flow 98 when it used to be flow 93.5 every day going to school now i gotta turn it on to support because they and they're using a lot of young black creatives in the um in the gta which i think is so important because as we mentioned here in toronto the creative scene is chokeable. Honestly, it's untapped. I'm just yeah, gonna say straight a up. A lot of a lot of talent here that just goes completely unsaid. If it, just to give you an example, if it was up to Canadians, Drake would not exist. That that I truly believe so. Yeah. Like to the Canadian media conglomerates and everything. Yeah. So thank you for Lil Wayne. But anyways, um, or don't depending on how you feel about him. But well, he put you know Drake helped put help, Drake. Drake helped escalate some of the stuff that are going on here. Yes. Like, I really like the fact that... People you know, look here now. Yeah, and, you know, um, he's he's like, take this place seriously. There's so much talent. And trust me, there's a lot of talent A lot. Here. Han and I went to a Christmas show, and I was like, God, there's so, yeah. many, there's so many talented people that deserve... They need large platforms. They need their sponsorships. I don't know what's... I don't know what's wrong with the city, man. Um, yeah. I came a few things, but anyways... Um, but yeah, she just, so she's like, I have an Apple subscription mm -hmm. and he's like, okay, well I do this show, blah, blah, blah. We had classes together and then she, I think he says one or two more things. And then she's like, look, I don't date guys who have kids. Yeah. And he's like, why the heck would she say that? And then he's like, oh, the book's in my hand. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, I had a little crush on you. I liked you. And like. I was hoping you'd, you know, be a nice person. You wouldn't make, like, be as judgmental. Yeah. Um, because I have a friend who has a kid, and he's, like, the best person I know. And I don't have a kid. Neither for my little brother, who has ADHD. Mm -hmm. And now she's staying there, egg on her face. Yep. And he walks away. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> I said, <laughs> he's damn. He's dramatic about it. I said, okay, Real Housewives <laughs> of Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> he walked away. I Real House Kings. Real House Kings, sorry. Do you remember that show Kevin Hart yeah. used to have? The Real House Husbands of Hollywood. That yeah. was really funny, though. I can't lie. Yeah, it was a very scripted, unscripted. Yes. Because it had the funniest people in Hollywood at that time there. Yeah. Uh, that was like the last good era of BET. Yeah. 
That was <laughs> it until Tyler Perry bought every ad he spot. Buy it. Oh well, the ad spots, yeah. He bought every ad, ad spot that you could have there. So that's why we when I watched the BET Awards for the first time in a long time, I said every ad spot here is a Tyler Perry screenwrite. Sisters, the the cult gay one. Every single one of them. I was shocked. I said you can't even put like a, a toothpaste ad. A Co- even, what about the Coca-Cola? Even a even an automobile ad. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know how many car ads they are? Like you could even get Ford. Anyway, we move. Uh, yeah, he walks away. He's just like, yeah, I'm not I'm not into that. The girl seems a little bit judgmental, which, to be honest, now I'm thinking to myself, I would not go straight to like, oh, you know, I don't. I would have never kid. thought to say that. Never. But then because. What if he's just a slow reader? And what if that's his reading <laughs> level? I would assume it was for. <laughs> if I would do that, I'd rather you have kids. <laughs> I'd rather you have kids. Then you tell me that you're a slow reader, that you have to read picture book at your prime age of 17. Some people take a little extra time. But so then then I'll think to myself, then how did you skip all those grades? Because <laughs> this right here, li- li- this literacy, you're supposed to know it by the time you're like, what, eight? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, and also Danny no longer like hangs out with, she doesn't know the dynamics that's going on at Yeah, she Mass secluded herself. Mass Tech, yeah. That's the name of their high school. Um, she had a fallout with some with a lot of her friends. She's with keeping her to friend, herself. In particular, Destiny. Destiny yeah. I have so many thoughts on Destiny. Trust me, so many thoughts. Um, she doesn't speak to Rashida. She was friends with Rashida. Yes, Rashida and Essie. Essie yeah. is gone in, and Rashida, like we said, she's just a baddie. She's yeah. just a hijabi baddie. Yeah, and so we know she's bad because we see you guys and we want to be like you guys. Exactly. Know how to slay a makeup look. Listen, I went to um, University of Toronto, Mississauga. <laughs> All the hijabis there showed up to my 8 a.m. class on Face law beat. and digital. Yeah, three-hour class, by the way, with the, <laughs> with the slowest talker ever to exist on this planet. My girls had every piece of makeup and Sephora on their face. Listen, and to be honest, it it looked perfect on them every time. And they always had the matching hijabs with the with the outfits always on point. Like and they always the smelled so good. <laughs> the same rude sweatpants for like. <laughs> I used to be so envious of every single one of them. I don't. They just have like a tribe of um of like beauty routine that yeah. I just they're way way ahead of all of us. Yeah, it's them and the UK girls. And if they come, if you're a UK hijabi, oh, you've won. <laughs> you've won because have you seen the way they dress up too? Because yes. they have to dress up quite modestly. Yeah. The way they layer their clothes, I, I could never, never think, think of that. that. Never think. To I do said, that. "Who knew that a skirt could go with that blazer on top of that shirt?" Who knew? <laughs> they did. They did. Um. Yeah. So uh, she's no longer into the whatever is going on around her. She has isolated herself to wo- focus on leaving the city to go to New York City to fulfill her dream. And so her not knowing anything and saying that was just like, okay, maybe. Uh, you yeah, know. she's really want to just focus on becoming a writer. Then everything will be great. She's Bye. giving main character. <laughs> if I like Danny a lot, but like if she did something wrong, I'll say, girl, are you pretentious? And that is something that comes up because her. So to be fair, she lives in a really, really nice house. Yeah. Her father, who grew up in the South, he lived in like a shack with like six siblings. Yeah. Um, he's he's benefited from being in the military. Yeah. Uh, it's provided him the house that he lives in, the life or that they live in, and the life that they have. And in comparison to Prince, and even more so Destiny, she's she's living quite bougie. Yeah. You know, and it's very clear, like. Not because poor, I want to be clear, like, poverty makes you a bad person in general. Yeah. And I say that because in, like, 
um, Danny's case, she has two very supportive parents. Her mom is basically home most of the time. Her, Like we said, her mom is so attentive to her needs and she's an only child. So she has these clear supports. Her mom's providing her with a typewriter. Like, think like she's she's able yeah, to have she, that type of childhood whereas if you compare it to like prince he doesn't have a second parent his first parent is disabled you know the money is tight he said like eventually when he sees daddy's house like it's a stark difference from his house yeah. the neighborhoods are different yeah and then in comparison to her friend destiny destiny comes from a house where her and her siblings have different fathers yeah um she she doesn't live anywhere near you know wherever danny lives at and it's it's very clear like i think her mom tries to say that like because and poverty sometimes breeds insecurity and she thinks her mother thinks destiny is insecure which then breeds jealousy yeah which we'll talk about but you know i can understand why people think miss danny is i 100 percent. and i'm gonna say this right now miss danny don't make me question you the way I did Dooney, okay? I want to like you so bad. I like her. I like you. I believe Please. in her dreams, but I also want her to acknowledge that there are some realities. And she seems to do that so far. Let's continue. <laughs> um, I don't know. How does the chapter end? I guess he walks away um, and we move to chapter four. Yes, and it's still his perspective. No? So now she's falling asleep by the typewriter and she's trying to write like a like a edit a short story and her right she's gone writer's block since like whatever has happened has happened to her yeah and she's struggling she gets up she has a conversation with her dad who's trying to edit her essay and he's like there's it's good but it's not giving like the the personal the personality that's needed to like sell these you know yeah. recruiters so there she's like okay, i'll work on it and she tells him about the library instance and he's like why would you assume that he has a kid? Like, do you remember when you were younger and you went to the South to yeah. stay with your auntie and she had a baby? Like it was? I know. I said auntie instead of auntie. I don't know who I think I am. Who says auntie? I know who I who says it. Who? But she says Annie. So I mix Annie? I know who it is, but I don't <laughs> Crystal from the Reed. <laughs> oh, that's because she's from Oklahoma. Yes. <laughs> But I think I just said it really fast. I didn't mean to say it like that. I say auntie. You say me ma too. Me ma and pee pee and poo poo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry guys. Anyway, so she went to go see her aunt. Mm -hmm. And they were in Walmart and her aunt had a baby and she was 12 years old at the time and some white woman assumed that, that, that was her daughter. That's happened to me. <laughs> Never <did. laughs> I was um how old was I? I was seventeen, seventeen or eighteen, and I had taken all my little cousins to the park and there was like six of them varying from the ages of like eight and under. And one of the neighbors were walking home, she said, Those are all yours? And I said, Ma'am, <laughs> no, they're not all my kids. Don't be foolish. And the thing is, Hannah can attest, I have a baby face. Yeah, so that's I was just, okay. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say like, I, I do want to offend you. I said, <laughs> do you have a baby face, and I don't know how someone could ever. First of all, a neighbor, so you consistently see me around. The I don't think she sees. I've seen that neighbor before, okay. but like, I pass their house all the time. I don't even think they live there anymore. But I definitely, at eighteen, I had even more of a baby face. Mm -hmm. So for you to look at me and see these kids from like. 
think about it. If I had the first one who's like eight, I would have had them at ten. Not yeah. saying it's impossible, but like, ma'am. Yeah. Be up a bar. <laughs> um, of course, Danny remembering this moment is just like, yeah, you're right. Like, I have to do better and whatever. And then her dad's just like, you know, like, I know you always do the right thing. So do the right thing. Word to Spike Lee. Um, and so um, Destiny he comes tried- to the house. Well, he well Destiny She's keeps trying, trying to reach out. trying to reach her, but not and reach out in like a hey friend. I'm no, it's sorry, more like girl, let's go to a party tonight. Let's okay. go have fun tonight. You need to come outside, girl. Come outside. We outside. And obviously, there was something that happened between them in the past that has yeah. completely shut Danny off from just everything around her entire environment. And that's why she's so so focused on just going to New York City, becoming a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so Danny, you know, takes matters to her own hands and says, you know, I'm gonna just knock on my girl's door. And, uh, and uh, you know, show up. And so her mom comes to her room and says, hey, like, Destiny's here. Destiny's here. And this obviously makes Danny feel completely upset because there's a bad there's a bad history between both of them. And I think this is when we go into a flashback of what a little bit. I think the story is going to be developing as, a, as the book proceeds. But we got a flashback yeah. of a bit of, like, the beginning of the night when this supposed, like, altercation happened between Destiny and Danny. And <laughs> let me tell you right now. I'm just going to say it's right. Destiny's a bad friend. Don't have a friend like this. I know, like, things may be different in everybody's household, but Destiny is truly a bad friend. You don't want to... And this... We'll talk about it later on, but it talks... When we go to, like, the letter to Tony, it shows a lot of... Here's the thing, that's right? That's what it I'm, is. I'm struggling. Why? In saying that she's a bad friend, because she's also 17 years old. Fair. She, she has her life circumstances. I'm not saying what she did was good. I think what she did was bad. I don't know if that makes her a bad friend. I think in my head, I'm just like, maybe when you're 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, you're going to look back at this instance and be like, why the hell did I do that? We hope so. Because it's very clear, like her response to death to Danny, when she's like, don't you remember what you did? And she's like, I don't know what you expected. You knew what it was with college boys and the way in which Danny describes Destiny that, you know, Destiny's always been plagued by two things. Well, she has a quote unquote bad reputation. <clears throat> that's what yes. they that's what they But it's bad in like you know what it is. So because first she she comes from a home that is considered a little a little ghetto, a little hood. Yeah. And you know, so then that stereotype says. is placed on you. And she's she's a dark skinned girl with a curvaceous body. And we we all know as black girls who have boobies and butts what it's like to be that young and that sexualized yeah. so quickly. So, and it's very clear that her response to it in searching for love and some kind of like approval, she's fallen into it because in the later chapters, when they're describing what destiny is doing, I, I shudder for oh, that was shocking. Year old. I sh- like, I'm this, this book has turned me into an auntie because I'm just like, destiny, baby, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, we are aunties. <laughs> um, no, we are. You speak French now? I'm pretty sure that when you go to uh, the airport, they're going to say ma'am. They're going to say Miss sure. Girl. No. And when you go to the grocery store, they're going to say ma'am. They're going to say Miss Girl. So the kids haven't called you ma'am yet? Okay, let's move. So the flashback no. is essentially um, <laughs> Destiny, you know, and uh, Danny's basically driving both of them to, to a college, college party, party. Which is party. never, ever, As high never schoolers a going to a idea. college party crazy of course destiny does not drive i i don't believe but danny has her little car yes she got so, a ford escape and i was thinking to myself well destiny needs to find a means <laughs> and she found a way 
you know what I mean? No, but Convinced, that was her friend. I exactly, and that's okay. Convinced her friends, hey, we're gonna go to this college thing, and you know what? The whole time Danny is not feeling safe. The moment mm-hmm. they go through the past the dorm the rooms, dorms to and student every, housing, to the student housing, she's just like, yeah, I don't feel safe. And that to me, you should vocalize immediately because from my from the stories I, I hear, cared. from the stories that I hear, it can get very, very, very bad very quickly. College boys are not to be played with straight yeah. up high school no longer under supervision of their parents they're about to be lunatics. i mean any boy who is above the age of 18 is inviting um high schoolers children to come be the the eye candy lunatics. at their parties are not good people absolutely so there's that but it's also it's that thought process that danny has that so many smart young girls have we've all had it where we're like, we're just too mature for boys our age. Never and I think, think like that. <laughs> I never thought like that. I, I did. I promise you, I never. I knew I was smarter than them. <laughs> for, me, for me, I think the thought of it is I mean, like, I was, how but... could I? Because then, it, I don't know, some part of me made me feel like that's very um, pretentious, very, very unrealistic to think about your think the society, the, the people that you're around, because your circumstances are very different. No, no, it's not the it's not the girls they she thinks she's better than, it's the boys, in particular, and that's the idea a lot of girls have because, you know, the numbers like boys are three years mentally shorter, or mentally. Is it behind. three? I thought it was ten. <laughs> I think it's three, Hana. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. And at that age, if you're like, for instance, look at what she's reading. And what she's hoping to get from this experience of going to this university campus. She thinks she's about to have some deep ass conversations about You're not. Like, intersectionality and Mm-mm. like, you know <laughs> she's about to talk about, you know, the works of Alice Walker and <laughs> We hope, but sh- you know what I mean? It'll and for come- those of us who even were in the university girl, we did not get that. No, we didn't. We did not get that. You know, actually, there was something so disappointing about being in school. I think when you <laughs> I, I think like when you have this very like absolute ideas about things and of course like you're still a child so you're still fantasizing about how things are going to be when you're in it it's nothing like it there this is this is the real world yeah you you quickly shut off your dreams seriously that's why people change their majors they change they become undecided they drop out of school i remember the first class i did 300 of us our professor said in economics tomorrow half of you are going to be gone i said what is he saying Best believe the next day they were gone. I know somebody who dropped out three days once we started. And it, and I think maybe we should start, and this is probably maybe a, a parenting flaw. Maybe you should start like telling your kids in high school, like, just do your best. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Reach for the stars, but I don't want you to think that this is going to be the all and be all. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot more around it. And it's going to be very tricky, and you're going to learn a, a lot of things, but just be be very humble about it. Because oh, yeah. you, your expectations are going to, oh my God, girl, to the gutter. You're going to be so <laughs> disappointed. And I think I think also thinking of who Danny seems to be as a person is going to be extra disappointing because men in yeah. general are disappointing. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So and I'm, college boys are even more disappointing. Yeah, the worst. Because they're not reading the things you're reading. They're not doing that learn learning. They're reading... Um, forty laws of forty eight laws of power. Rich dad, Rich dad poor, poor dad. dad. Ooh, <laughs> if I ever see that book, man. Or they're gonna read what Mook reads from time to time: picture books. 
because they're, they're, they're illiterate majors they're stem majors they and don't steroids. think they need <laughs> jesus they don't think they need social sciences a lot of them are funny though because they'll be like oh i'll take a social science for an easy course find out that they can't write um <laughs> yeah yeah and they don't know how to do the the type of reading and writing that she's doing no. so she's going to be disappointed whether it was then or later like they're just not and in general like something i've had to learn the hard way is like how do i say this kindly men are not intellectually or socially motivated yes the way in which i find women are but you know as a majority of them it's thank you patriarchy (laughs) you have done this good for us (laughs) No, because and it's frustrating because in all of these spaces, even the ones that are social sciences for girls, yes, the person who sits on top will be a man, yeah, and he does not give a flying fuck what you think about Toni Morrison Sula, okay? <laughs> he said write this essay about this white Englishman, yeah, and that's it, and shut Everybody up and get your grade. Mean, um, what's that one guy, Ernest Hemingway? You're yeah, not gonna Ernest read Hemingway. Langston Hughes. You're not gonna read James Baldwin. You're not gonna read that. You're for damn sure not reading Zora ne- nope. Neale Hurston unless you're seeking it out. They barely put white yeah. women in there, especially so, if you're going to a PWI as she plans to do with NYU. Maybe it's a little different HBCUs. We didn't go to HBCU, yeah, so we don't know. I don't know. But um, regardless, it's gonna be a man on top. Yeah, like I remember sitting in poli sci classes and like seventy percent of us were white males yeah and you could just see like these are the people who are about to wreck the laws in ways that our future leaders (laughs) great you used to sit there and say the most ridiculous things and you're like huh let me tell what they do devil's advocate (laughs) let me tell one thing a white man loves is a devil's advocate (laughs) the devil's not even paying for an advocate nope but they said you know what (laughs) this is chariti here's my devil's advocate they love them (laughs) hypothetically no, if the KKK like, sat right here, <laughs> can we all have a conversation and get along? How? When he wants to violently kill me. I actually feel like you mentioned this to me yeah, as well. Yeah, that did happen in the class. Somebody yeah. said, I think the KKK should come on campus. I will tell you, the Trump, going to school during the Trump era is was a very dark time. Are we um, out of the Trump era? No, it's worse now. But <laughs> that's I feel like we're living it still. Trump era <laughs> got worse. Um, anyway. But the point I'm trying to say is um she's going to be disappointed and because of her age here in the later chapters it's clear that the one guy with the deep voice i think she doesn't say his name drew oh drew never mind drew deep voice with somebody else but drew the way in which he talks to her and just listens to her plays into her thinking oh he gets me i and and that is where your age shows let's quickly let's get let's quickly wrap up chapter four so we can go to chapter five so we can talk about that because (laughs) that upset me yeah because like, you could see the workings you know what i mean yes i said i can see grown, the knobs and the you cogs can see it the nuts and the bo- bots no, nuts and bolts <laughs> nuts and bots knobs and cogs that's what i said <laughs> anyway the machinery After we just sat here and said oh men are intellectual look at yeah. what we're saying girl <laughs> if i promise you i promise you even with my small mistake my small error is nothing <laughs> compared to what a man can do <laughs> he doesn't even know what we just said at all he doesn't even know what book we're reading. Men don't even read Tanahasi codes. <laughs> and they claim to love him. Anyway, I could see the machine behind his manipulation. I oh, saw yeah. it immediately. I said, well, anyway, Danny. Okay. 
So wrapping up chapter four. Um, so that's a whole flashback. Um, she's clearly uncomfortable. They're going to the dorm room. Clearly, Destiny has been there so many times because the Which boys were like, it's oh my God, you're back. She goes to another room. Of course, Danny is completely afraid. She's sitting on the couch being like, where is Destiny? She left. Number one rule of girlhood, never leave your friends alone. And because it's dangerous. I'm, it's so, so dangerous. And Danny, of course, like she still has, um, she still maintains like caution. So like obviously when they offer her that fruit punch or whatever y'all used to call it in school. I forgot we used to call it in, in uh, uni. Like jungle juice, where you all no, just, you just put mix anything, anything in there. You don't know if it's spiked. You don't know anything. That's what she asked for, a beer. She doesn't like beer. But she's just like, at least someone's going to open that right in front of me. Yeah. And I'll be able to see. Exactly. To at least she's in. smart enough to do that. At least. She's 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 mindful about her environment. And she's very afraid. Um, But yeah, that flashback upset me. And anyway, when Destiny and her were having conversation, just like, like, listen, girl, like, you don't know what happened that night. Like, you know, it was awful. And she's just like, oh, my God, but we know what it was for. Like, da, 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 da. I said, Destiny, at least try and take some sort of account. Like, I don't know. Try and empathize with your friend because yeah, Danny mentioned a couple times that she knows how Destiny is. And Destiny is very different from her other friends, Rashida and Essie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who else there is. Maybe that's it. And she never wanted to make an ass- a huge assumption about Destiny because of her upbringing and how her family is. And I think that's why she befriended her. And, like, they get along when everything's yeah. great. But I feel like Destiny should also... Ch- I feel like I, w- I really wish we could teach women to also ha- show that same... Give that same empathy back. I don't know. Like, I, I think the problem with Destiny is, like, she... She doesn't even realize it, but she's also being sexually assaulted, if that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. If there are two I'm men in the bed and you're there. Three. There are if, three men in the bed and you're there and you're I'm 16. assuming what's happening is happening, she's also being sexually assaulted and she doesn't know it. No. She's too young to realize. That's why I said when she gets to 21, 22, and you start thinking of yourself at that age, she's going to have a very awful awakening. Awakening. I don't even want to say rude. Like, it's going to be painful for her. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, anyway, I think she leaves um and we move on to i think later that day or maybe the next day and destiny not destiny but danny decides to really take her apology seriously and drives over to prince's house to deliver some books yeah um and i thought that was really really sweet because part of like the combination book books that she bought was from who's this uh, um i'm about to look it up right now nelson Yes, who, did, who does a lot of like he's renowned for doing like album mag- covers, mag- magazines, album covers, um, picture books. Yeah, and of course the m- the one that we pointed out in the book was nothing was the same. I literally thing. listened to it on the way here because they pointed it out. Yeah, and, um, and I also look did. More into uh, he did. There was some other album that he. Oh, Michael Jackson's uh, "Bad" or Michael Jackson's. I forgot which one. I, I didn't write it down, but. Let I just put see. the Drake one because that was easy to remember. <laughs> but I can't remember which one else he did. It's chapter, it's page 63 if you're looking for it. I'm just looking at Kadir Nelson right now. Because um, he, he's done a lot of work. Like his list, his, trust me, he's, he's, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> um. Oh, I promise. No? No. Wait, it's let me Michael find it. Let, let me find it. Okay, so here's a couple that he's done. Cover art for Swiss Beats presents the ghetto stories michael jackson's king of pop life story he did that 
Um, let's see. And a bunch of, well, it's not just album covers. Yeah, nothing magazine. was the same. I think he did, something tells me that he did George Floyd's Time magazine in 2020. Oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Did he? He did a portrait of Henrietta Lacks to promote HBO's upcoming film. Um, he has an exhibition um, or has had exhibitions in Muskegon. Chicago. Yeah, so he also did um yeah. say their names for the New Yorker um George yeah. Floyd. I can cuz you know what? I looked at some of his work already on Google Images and now I'm able to see his style. The was, like hyper realistic. Yeah, and that's how I, that's how I figured out he did um the New Yorker for George Floyd. I said this style looks very familiar. Um yeah. So he's ext- Kadir Nelson extremely talented. I want to look more into him because that's my first time I guess like hearing about him to be honest yeah uh but lovely illustrations um and i thought the gift was also really really thoughtful from danny yes because she oh. acts a librarian and everything like what he came yeah. in to to do so is that something that she has for my mother what giving thoughtful gifts because her mom giving yeah. her the typewriter was really honestly it's up there <laughs> honestly um and of course prince is just over the moon he's like this girl is talking to me my crush is talking to me and even when she tries to leave because she's like okay enough is enough yeah <laughs> he's just like well can i see you again maybe like next weekend or whatever she's just like and he's very very persistent and she's like yeah okay cool <laughs> whatever um but the, i can really see this love story there is a j- i don't think there's gonna be if there's a conflict it's gonna be mostly self-sabotage from danny's part it's always gonna be that way like, Always. I don't think it's going to be a girl interfering or whatever. I think it's just going to be. I don't know. There was that other girl. Morgan? Mm. No. Michaela, His girl? The light-skinned girl. Who oh. Was. That one. Maybe. But I feel like it's going to be her just being like, listen. I can't. Like she, how many times has she said, oh, I, I can't do this. We shouldn't do this. Anyway, let's go to chapter five. Our favorite chapter. So chapter he decides five. he's like, well, I'm going to use this as a way to start dating my girl. To get to know her a little more, let me say rather. Um, and she had promised him when he was leaving because she left so soon. He's like, well, I'd like to like see you again. Like, let's hang out. And she, she like tried to come up with an excuse. She was like, I can't. I got to take out my braids. And he's like, damn. Um, do you want me to come over and help you? Now, can I tell you something? When she made that excuse, I said, that's a good one. That's a good one. Girl. Yeah, yeah, you got him now, girl. You got him now. <laughs> but I was not expecting his response. Then she said. Um, I don't think my parents would be okay with you coming into my room. She's like, you're right, you're right, you're right. You got a basement, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, he's persistent. He is. And she's like, he, he was even like, I know your dad's in the military. Like, he can grill me as much as he wants. Like, it's fine. Like, and she, she goes downstairs to ask. Of course, her parents make a big deal out of it. And... Well, I'll just say her, her dad, mostly. Her mom, too. Her mom was just like... Her mom was like, <laughs> Essentially. Her mom was just like, mm, a boy. She's like, a boy? Oh, my goodness. Um, And then they're like, yeah, he can come through. And she's like, okay, fine. And he comes. He brings a frozen gift bag full of treats for her. Because he's like, well, when I saw you, you brought me treats. And... I wanted to return the favor, but obviously the dollar store only had this frozen gift bag. But um, he comes in, he meets her parents. They, her, the dad does the handshake, and 
as Hannah mentioned, um, they're like, you know, I think he brings up the fact that coming over to the dad's like, you using the idea of trying to help her with her hair. That's that's a new one, son. And he's no, like, it's very new. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I guess if you are trying to be fast or something, but like, I help my mom because she has MS. And every time he says it, everybody's just always like, which is fair, <laughs> because, wow, no, it's it's a lot to take in. I wouldn't know how. To, I I don't know. I do I say sorry? <laughs> she reminds me of, you know, that Jubilee episode where the girls like the white girls like, oh, I like your name, and she's like, it's named after my, I'm named after my grandmother who was a slave. <laughs> And she said, okay. She said, I'm sorry. No, and honestly, yeah. What am, what am I supposed to say to that? There's no, there's nothing to say. I'll just stay quiet and be like, oh. <laughs> That's so unfortunate. I'm praying. And I'll, and I'll say I'm praying for you. That's what I'll say. Praying for what? I'm praying. Because oh, for MS. I thought for the slavery one. I was like, what are you no. praying for? Because I'll be like, I'll just, I'll just pray for you. Yeah. I, I, that's how I'll respond that moment because that's quite a lot to load um yeah anyway they go down to the basement and uh you know he brings you know the same stuff rag tail comb um empty plastic bag yeah De- Danny tries legs, to say it's boom. not called that what did she it's think a rag t- I said rag tail so rat tail it's a rat tail comb but why did Destiny say it's not called that I have no idea because that, that's what it's called. Anyways, um, yeah, and uh, you know he he's just like he he's very very respectful, which is in comparison to like the flashbacks that we're gonna be having yeah. throughout the book. He's more of like you know I'm only gonna like like touch you. He's like, like consent whatever. is sexy. Yeah, <laughs> listen, <laughs> word word to Aloni in the t-shirt, <laughs> like it is. It really is, and he's. Fully, fully respectful of that. I think that makes Danny feel very comfortable. Low-key, she kind of likes it. I'm not going to lie to you. She likes his presence. Clearly. And I think their conversation after all this is just... Also, can I just say separately, I don't care. You guys can feed it down my throat a thousand freaking different times in 75,000 different ways. Mm -hmm. Every time you guys have a black boy helping his black girlfriend with her hair, that means something to me. Okay? I love that. (laughs) I will always say that scene in the first Creed where Adonis is helping Bianca and they're having an honest, open co- uh, conversation as to why he doesn't want to take his dad's name when they're boxing. Um, that scene, right, Coogler? I love it. Thank you. I absolutely love it. And this is the example I'm about to um, say is not a romantic love, but I will never, ever, ever, ever forget one of my favorites is Snowfall. When yes, that scene was just yes. This is after um, Leon he, he, done, done a madness. It. Let me tell you, if you've you. not seen Snowfall or you're watching it, you we're sorry. It. Mute us for the next like three seconds. You but, have to go watch. It's you really y'all should watch TV. Snowfall. But, um, yeah. but like obviously he done a madness and they're looking for him. The yeah. man has it's rock bottom. Yeah, and um, the main character's mother went over because you know they grew the main character who's a, the drug lord and his friend like they grew up together. They're practically brothers. Franklin Saint. Franklin Saint. Yeah. Um, you know, and his falling and out. Franklin's everything. Mom says, "Bring him to me." Yeah, and he's like crying and she's like oiling his hair and, and doing his cornrows and. 
that was scene so was so 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 well put together even the camera was just right like you can see the sadness in his eyes but just the comfortability oh my god yeah and i know i know sometimes that Sean can be singleton r.i.p like I don't you think he did that no, I no said he did his, the, produ- the projection, but I don't think that scene. But isn't it not his, it's not that scene, but I'm saying that it's his idea, the whole yes, concept yes, of the concept Snowfell. Is, is I have to give it to the big sense. dog. Yeah. It's his stuff. Yeah. Um, Like, he, he started something so good, and I really like the way they continue the storyline. Anyway, yes. but that scene always reminds me of how important hair is to the black community and how it's a form of... um connection and bonding and even like when we go to the later chapter when they go to the barbershop, barbershop. they're talking about you know nonsense you know th- they're on the ting agenda <laughs> right <laughs> talking about ting all the time right um anyway um, if you guys are in canada you should go to uh ago toronto they have actually a whole hair care uh, by this black um artist i didn't know that yeah why didn't you invite me it's right there Do you, we can go okay it's, right it's i think i forgot what it's called but i loved it it shows like how hair is so important to yeah. the black community and it's, i'm talking about specifically the jamaicans here yeah um it's a nice ex- exhibition i don't but know you're if it's right. still showing but you're right like hair is definitely like it's bonding time between mother and daughter no. um a yeah. lot of us a lot less of us know how to do hair now but <laughs> <laughs> but you know what you can wash your hair okay someone can help you oil your scalp which is all good and oh i just love it my mom used to massage my scalp i still sometimes beg my mom to wash my hair when you're watching, like, she watched the Tyra Banks show, I'll go between her legs and she'll just, you know, oil yeah. my braids. And I just, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Anyway, so he's doing all that. Um, and uh, they're talking about music. So Prince Jones loves music. Whereas with um, Danny, she's more of like a writer. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> because in Love Jones, he was more of a writer and she was more of um, a photographer, like very into like the creative yes. stuff. And I just, let me tell you one thing I love. I love creative, a creative love. Man. Creative love is cute. All he's missing is a nose piercing and I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's talking about, you know, he uh, turntable. So he's looking, so he's basically looking, looking at, at, vinyls. at Camille. I think Camille is Danny's mom's name. But he's looking at Mama Camille's. Mrs. Ford. Mrs. Ford's <laughs> um, vinyls. Of course, all the soundtracks of her favorite, favorite yeah. black Romans novels are there, including Love Jones. He puts that shit on. Because yeah. that soundtrack is fire. And he talks about how he um, got a turntable. or I think his mom had a turntable ever since he was young. So he loves the music out of vinyls and stuff. Um, of course, Danny's mom, Mrs. Ford, shows up with some wings. And I'm just like, girl, stop supervising. <laughs> Let's I would have done the same thing. Let them do what they got to do. I'd be like, hey, guys, you guys need anything? Cookies? Milk? Um, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, Danny's obviously embarrassed. She's yeah. like, Mama, go upstairs. Where do you get these wings from? She's like, I went to the store. You went to the store now? Really? Yeah, she did. She said, because I knew if I told you you should invite him to dinner, you would have gone embarrassed and said no. Fair enough. I'm willing to compromise. Now go upstairs. No, but then she was like, wait a second. What's your name again? She's like, oh, my God, you're Love Jones. Your uncle is DJ Rome. Yeah. I used to listen to him, blah, 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 blah um i love that and she she and prince got along really well he's like your mom is adorable <laughs> and she is mrs ford sounds like a very cute um i don't know her name maybe it is camille. i think it's camille something something tells us camille um when she leaves now this is like my, my favorite part because i think beyond them gonna be beyond them being romantic partners there is genuine interest that what Prince they do. has yeah. for Danny. Like, I don't know how to describe it because when she was talking about 
how she wants to leave this place, go to mm-hmm. New York. And he's telling her, you know, like, describe it to me. Like, what does life in New York look like for you? And she's talking about, you know, I just came out of a writing seminar now and I just feel like I belong and everything's falling into place. Um, and they talk about their favorite song on the soundtrack of Love Jones. Of course, Danny said, um, what's the one with Lauren Hill? I cannot remember. Me, me, me too. But of course, everybody, including TJ, likes in a sentimental mood. <laughs> I think okay, can we talk about favorite. that? Because the minute she said that, I put the song on. And literally, can, no, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's, let's talk, talk about, about it. it. Let's talk about it. And the because way he describes it. It's it's, a it's such a good song because he doesn't actually say the name. He just says the collaboration. That I said uh, it's in it's, a it's, mood. Mood. it's the most iconic. And one. it's just it's so so good between him and John Coltrane and Duke Ellington. It's so good. Yeah. And like this is when I started to get really emotional, and I was just like ah. Oh. And also made me think of um. Again, going back to teen programming, I hate Netflix. I really freaking do because there used to be this really good um, show that they put one season out of. I think it also got a little bit of controversy because the the writer had said something. I can't remember at this point, but it was called Grand Army, and a friend made me watch it, and I got into it. It was slow, but it was about this school in New York right before the pandemic and, like, the different storylines, different things happening. Um, Think school, kid, teen programming. But it was good. But the one black boy, he it was a thing of like his best friend was also black. They got into an incident the day there was a lockdown. His friend got suspended. The, that's the poor friend. He had to take up his seat. At um, they were both in a concert band, and he because his friend got the thing, he became first trumpet. And you know I love the trumpet. I love the trumpet. And he just wasn't sure. He didn't feel comfortable taking his best friend's spot. He'd also mm-hmm. lost his best friend in all of this because not only is his friend black, he's also black, but he's also disenfranchised because he's poorer than him. His father had paid for his specific spots at this school. Like, it's an art school. Like, so he, he had the benefit of that. So he was really struggling internally with taking this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And the show ends with he does do it, but then he, like, puts his fist up and, like, you know, in an act of protest and doesn't perform for the rest. But the song that they they do is John Coltrane's Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I think another point they do um, in a sentimental mood, but I just love the trumpet, but I love Alabama. Like, even the, the way it was written, so. it was from that. A specific, like, he was in protest to something that happened in the South in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And, but it was, I just find it, I love it when they use team programming to talk about music that is not you know contemporary and what it means Mm. and obviously people like duke ellington and john coltrane and like they're they're huge and like yeah yeah and again but like in the central method mood everybody loves it it is like the most beautiful song it really is i used to love love playing it um i don't know why i think like maybe just to emphasize the environment but like every time it was raining a little bit i would always put that and like some I always, always put in a sentiment in the mood because I absolutely, and I always like, I loved how soft it was, mm. and it just made me feel like I was being held by something. Mm. Of course, in this case, like the music, um, both of them, and I like how in this book, TJ describes it as he loves the collaboration between them both, 
Um, and he says that, you know, they're both very massively talented. Yeah. But for some strange reason, this composition, they don't even overpower each other at all. It's very, very balanced. Yeah. Every, everyone gets, um, I guess, like the, the spotlight to showcase their talent. Yeah. And I said that. I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Because it does sound like that. It's just so dreamy and so soft. And I love jazz music. Everybody should love jazz music. Yes. Yes. It's important for you to at least like uh, jazz has like subsets, but at least like this one. This is one of my favorite yeah. ones. I don't know about that. Free, the free jazz is a little interesting, but I like this one more. I don't know what you call this type of jazz. Classic jazz? I have no idea. I'm not a musician. This is the only thing I think of when I think of jazz music. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I think of many types oh. because free jazz, it's almost is. like it's just like playing constant. Like, I don't know. There's, n- there's no like direction to it. And it can be a little bit. You can, it can sound a little bit off in your ear, mm. but this is my favorite type of jazz yeah. if there's a subset to it. But I'll always say, like, I think we we really need to bring back real instruments into music. Yeah. We truly. really do. Stop sampling stuff from 2000. <laughs> like, what happened to, like, insert big artists and the band? You know what I mean? We don't have those no more. Oh, my God. But, um yeah. Yeah. No, but I love it. And I think it's this point where he, like, tells her... So she's asking i'm just imagine someone a man 16 year old telling you that i want to look back at you and be like why is you here yes <laughs> no because that's sufficient every oh. time and i think because my expectations of men are very very low it, are you getting what i'm getting yes and she does wonder that he's like i want to be with you he's like i want to i want to make you fall in love with me and she's like stop playing and he's like i'm not joking and he says she's like he says in a very clear tone yeah he's not playing around and he's like if i wanted to come in here and have sex with you i would have said that and you would and what would you have done he's like i would have thrown you out he's like exactly i'm not here to do that like I want to get to know you. I've had a crush on you since middle school. We we used to have class together when I heard your poetry. And she's like, the last time I said my poetry out, out loud or any of my written work was in like the sixth grade. And then she's like, I do remember him in my lit class, like sitting at the very back and clapping and um, him and forcing, forcing his, his friends, friends to clap. clap. And then he says something that, that made my one tear fall, which was, um, he's like, I know I'm into music, but your writing is like music to me. Yeah. And I was like, stop. This is too much. I hope you know grade six and like grade 12, I believe they're in. Yeah. How do you remember that? How does, how do you remember that feeling that my writing gave you? That is crazy. This is the type of love I wanted. This is the type of love I thought I was. <laughs> this is the type of love I still need. <laughs> no, truly. Like this, lo- this is, this is it. Because. You can tell there is mutu- there's a respect there because he's obviously attracted to her 100%. Like, she's a beautiful girl looking at the cover. She's yeah. gorgeous. And so is he. Like, he's a handsome boy. But, like, he's into everything. Like, he just wants to invade her space. I want to yeah. know what your mind is like. Which, honestly, I wrote here, it gives me Kai and Kiki. When Kai told Kiki, um, when he confessed to her, like, I like everything about you. Like, yeah. I like the way you read. I like how your mind works. I like, even when, you know... I say something and you get upset. I like the way you react to it. Where is this love? Hmm? Where is it? <laughs> Hannah's genuinely asking. She's no, like, really. is there a store? Or like, like, where can I buy it? 
and she just because I got a credit card. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm not afraid to tap it. Anyway, no, it's it's genuinely like just off the first six chapters. Look, it might be too early to say. She's she, I'm telling you, Ebony Liddell is is up there. But She's if we read there. something better than this in the year, <laughs> I'll be thoroughly shocked. No, this one. Mwah. I'm telling you, we're only six chapters in. Like, I'm in love already. Yeah. I'm I love Prince, like and I and I love Prince for Danny. Yeah. Like I'm excited to see the two of them evolve. Yes. And I also really it's because now we know that the author is from Detroit. I also love the description of Detroit as well. Yes. Like I'm like, I don't know what this like when they were talking about the Aretha Franklin yeah. center. I don't know what that is. I don't know where it is. I know that no idea. But I understood immediately, like I was like, I feel the same way in the dumbest way possible. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, where the Raptors play the Scotiabank Arena, mm-hmm. I and my friend Sharon, we still call it the Air Canada Center because right. that's what we grew up. Or like some people still call the Rogers Center the Sky Dome. It's yeah. like your mama named you one thing, and that's what I'm gonna call you. Yeah. So I don't know where this place is that they're talking about, but I understood his uncle immediately when he said that. Yeah. So yeah, and it also it like she's romanticizing her city, which again I started. I was like, what we know of Detroit, it's not a. It's not a glamorous place. No. So, or not known to be a glamorous place, but it is rich in history. Yeah. So, you know. Like I said, I, I'm so, I, I knew about Detroit (laughs) just from like what my, my, my father would tell me. Yeah. Adventures in the U.S. And that's it. I didn't know anywhere else in the U.S. I said, Detroit? I know Detroit. (laughs) It's in Michigan. (laughs) Anyway. Um, and now it makes me, f- and now I feel like I want to go visit. Yeah. Just be- not just because of this book, but there's also another book I have. Is this Ugandan um, um, woman who has traveled to every UN recognized country, and she is from Detroit. Yeah. And the first in the, the she talked about her travels around the world. She starts with the USA, and she talks about, of course, like mm-hmm. her 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 country. Her hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she wrote some stuff about it. So I'm just going to pick a few things and see, like, what else. If I, if I ever go there, what I can see. An ice cream shop or whatever. And she talked about an ice cream shop. That's what I remember. But I want to, like, see yeah. more about it. It just occurred to me right now. Um, Obviously, after, not obviously, but after Prince says all that, she sort of goes quiet. And then we go back into a flashback. And this is w- the continuation of what's happening in the dorm room. Um, when Destiny and her went to this college boys off campus housing, off campus housing, um, and you know everybody, Destiny's nowhere to be found. <laughs> she she's gone. Um, the guy who tried to talk to her earlier, he noticed that Danny was not happening, so he's just yeah. like, all right, let me go somewhere else. Um, and then there's this man who we come to know as Drew. I believe his name is Drew. That's what I yes. have here. He strikes up conversation with Danny, and it seems to be very comfortable for her. You know, he's just like, oh, you know, like, you you and Destiny are very different. Like, how are you friends with her I and didn't everything? like that either. I didn't like that. What so do you mean as I'm he's different talking, from the other girls? As he's talking, I'm taking a tally. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and obviously this makes, uh, he's just throwing this out yeah. so that she can start talking. Exactly. And he, whatever she's saying, he's picking on it and trying to make her feel even more comfortable. Because even in that moment when he's like, I don't understand how you guys are friends. You're so different. She says, no, he, like, I like her. She, she also has dreams of being yeah. creative. She wants to go yeah. into theater. Yeah. She wants to go to New York. She's really smart. She's resilient. Yeah, she comes from, she's been through things, but she, you learn so much from her. Like, she makes it clear that she likes Destiny as a person. She's like, ta, 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 this yeah. way, Destiny. And as she says that, this man now goes, wow, if I didn't know she was in there with three guys, I would be interested in her. Yeah. 
And in that moment, I was like, three guys, like, three people are assaulting a 17-year-old. Yeah. And then, two, I was like, why are you trying to slut-shame my girl Destiny? Yep, didn't like that. And then when he said, uh, after she's getting more and more comfortable, he's like, do you want another beer? I didn't oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Because now, that's, in fact, from that point onwards, I said, this man here clearly is slowly getting you to open and somehow he's going to manage to get to whatever his destination is. Yeah. He's like, oh, do you want another beer? She's like, yeah, sure, I'll have another beer. She doesn't like beer. And he even said a thing of like, oh, I didn't know you weren't trusting like the jungle juice or whatever it was. Yeah. And like playing into the fact, like he's playing into he knows. The, He wants her to feel safe. He knows. And I just, I hate men. I do. <laughs> it's so manipulative. I like so much. And of course, like she's, oh God, she's, she's a teenager. She doesn't yes. really see it. But I, again, I can see the little, I can see the little machinery behind it. You know what yeah. I mean? He knows. He's a master in this. And even towards the end of the whole flashback, when he's just like, you know, I like talking to you. She's like, yeah, I like talking to you too. I said, girl, at this point, I don't know. I don't know what else he's going to say or do, but he has reached, he's halfway there, essentially. Um, we come back to real life, and Danny um, says, you, know, you got to go. <laughs> he only did like half her head. And I know she looked crazy. Have you? Do you know how your hair looks when you take down your braids? Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's matted. It's it's thin. It, there's dandruff. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's not there. It's not there um anyway she says like you know you gotta go whatever it's getting late whatever it is i have to write my college essays and you know he agrees to leave and everything before that he says bye to no what he says they have a conversation where he's like you because she's had this flashback he's like you seem recluse again like all right i'm I'm trying to get to know you right and he's like oh you think i'm gonna fall in love with you so easily he's like actually like science has proven like uh, it takes a woman 130 something odd days i was like oh i didn't know that it's not true and it takes men like 74 days i believe it there was no there was no timeline to it to you but me and prince have something prince is for danny yeah and prince is my homeboy okay and he uses science 80 days for guys 134 days for women yes and i believe mm. it and because men do know because he says men always know what they want if yeah, a man likes one. you, he likes you. If he doesn't, that's why he'll ghost you. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, because he said they're too afraid. If they like, if yeah. they catch feelings, they have to run off. Yeah. What type of? I told you, men don't want to be loved. <laughs> they don't. So she, she's like, but I. She's like, oh, you're gonna try and make me fall in love in like a hundred something days. He's like, I'll do even better. Th- give me three dates. I'm not asking for one week. I'm not asking for one month. But give me three dates, okay? Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're bold, but okay, I'll let you do it. He's like, fine, okay. So then after that now, she's like, you got to go. He says goodbye to her parents. He's real sweet about it. They like him, clearly. They do. Um, um, and he's on his merry way. I like how he says, well, good night, beautiful. I oh, know right. she looks crazy. She said, she's like, I like how he said that. And I said, ooh, he got you. Ladies and gentlemen, Girl, we got him. She was gotten. <laughs> <laughs> the moment he touched her tender head <laughs> i think before that i because think when he she... said i don't have kids <laughs> she was like oh what's <laughs> who's this man who just read me for filth um and yeah so he you know he leaves there oh and she's been listening to his radio show well she had to stalk him the like after the whole altercation in the public library because she's just like well who are these people because no, she genuinely did not know details or she knew specific details and she and that's how he knew that she had been listening because he said how do you know that 
Yeah, because she, she had to listen because she had to figure out who is this DJ Love Jones I don't know about. <laughs> Everybody knows him. My mom knows him. Ooh, ooh. Um, and yeah, and that night she writes a letter to Toni Morrison. Yep. And in this this particular one is talking about um, Toni Morrison's well-acclaimed book, Sula, um, that really follows the friendship of these two girls, um, from what I remember. And they have to navigate living in the South. One of their friends is very loud and very witty and very like, I want to get out of here. Yeah. The other friend is very conservative, wants to stay, follow societal rules, you know, be conservative. But a lot of things, you know, happen to black girls yeah. in the South. And just, you know love family poverty because a lot of tony morrison's um characters are destitute like the the worst kind um and so in this letter she's also danny's also asked inquiring like what happens to friendships with friends who don't who no longer make you feel safe and comfortable and i thought that was of course in reference to her friendship with destiny and the flashbacks she's having about that particular night so i thought that was really really sweet i really like the fact that um ebony liddell is doing this i wonder who's next will it be zora is it in order of who she's written on the typewriter or no no i think it's just going randomly okay um but i think because of all and then of course the last one's gonna be a letter to herself likely. yeah I, I, I can see it you can't trick me ebony i can see it i see your vision and i support it <laughs> i'm an ally okay ally Talk Valentina. <laughs> You're crazy. Anything else you want to add before we move to the last chapter? <laughs> no, let's go. Okay, chapter six. Where are we, girl? Um, so basically we're in the studio with Mr. DJ Love Jones himself, and he just got a letter from a girl who I'm like, girl, what do you mean you booked a two month or you booked a cruise with a man you've known for two months and you're shocked he's ghosting you and posting your vacate pics and ignoring you? You're and then talking about twenty five and your your eggs are dying. I was like, What the hell? I'm twenty five. <laughs> No, no, you're not 25. I'm 26 now. No, that means your eggs are dead. It's <laughs> like, huh? And he's like, you just gotta let it go. Like he don't like you, and you know, you next time do not buy any man no like cruise. Oh, after only knowing him for two months. Mm-hmm. And um, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's very dumb. <laughs> So, uh, wait, did she pay for the cruise? Yes. Um, why are you you're 25 and I, for the last I remember when I was 25. Listen here, children. When I was 25, I was broke. And I'm still am broke cuz we're in our 20s, right? There's no way you had money for a 9-month cruise going across every It was not um, a 9-month cruise. You saw the 9-month cruise cruise on TikTok. Well, I'm just talk I'm tr- I'm trying to emphasize how ridiculous it sounds, right? Never do that. Never do that. Um What else happens? So <laughs> then he gives the advice at the same time his friends come through. Right. And he's like. The trio come through and of course they're loud, disruptive, yeah. and silly. Um, and I think they start to talk about, um, I don't know, different things. Um, I think there's a girl named Michaela that Malik brings up in this conversation. I'm not really sure. We had seen him and Michaela interact at school. Yeah. Oh, yes. He does bring it up because uh, I don't remember what chapter this is. Yes. because I think it is the beginning. He referenced that when he was at school, he saw 
um, Malik and Malik's lockers next to Michaela. She's this light and bright tang. Mm-hmm. And you know, let me not say tang. They're 17 year olds. She's a light skinned darling. Lighty. <laughs> and um, she, she has a thing for, for, for Prince. And yeah. she's like, she even goes first. She's like, my parents aren't home next weekend. And I was like, yeah, good. So quick. you should clean, go clean up queen. Yeah. And then, um, he's like okay she's like she's the classic type of beauty that every boy wants yeah i don't want that i want something deeper like i'm looking for something else yeah and that something else is danny who he sees down the hall and doesn't want her to see him talking to michaela yeah, so he's like girl scoop <laughs> scram and step <laughs> damn <Hannah. laughs> so, but he's also texting danny like you were so cool to go out next weekend and yeah. she's like yeah just don't do anything too elaborate and he's like okay okay yeah. um Malik's like you should jump on that, Michaela. Like, you know, and she's like, you nah, know, man, if you want to, I'm working on something. I I got put to work. I'm listen. working on something. So jump back to the studio. They're talking, and I think um Uncle Jerome. What's yeah, his DJ uh, DJ name? Rome. DJ Rome shows up. Yeah. I saw Uncle Jerome. <laughs> I'm yeah. just trying to be respectful. <laughs> uh, he shows up. Um, and they're just having you know conversation about what PJ is gonna do about Danny. Cause yes, he's. So I think PJ's idea is just like, yeah, let me give her space. You know what I mean? She's already, she's very reluctant. So let me give her space. Let me give her time. Distance makes a heart grow fonder, as people say. So he's not really texting her that much or, you know, whatever it is. He has to restrain himself, which, you know, I understand. Because yeah. that will make her run off. Um, And, you know, they're just having chat. And Malik is just like, you know, you, sh- you should take your own advice. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, be a little bit more forward, I guess. Like, this whole no texting thing, I don't understand. I don't understand it either, but I guess because Danny's is a special case, he has to be a little bit more gentle with her and doesn't want to fuck it up. Um, and Yassine, you know, talks about his little his little crush on some girl named Jordan, and he's absolutely smitten with this girl Jordan. Um, yeah, I think Jordan, I believe, is like an athlete or a runner. Or I don't know. She does something athletic. She's a track star. She's a track star. Okay, yes. I said runner, athlete, track star. That's where she is. Okay, <laughs> she runs. Um and Yasin seems like very shy. This is how I knew he was. This is how we found out he's not black. Is it from this scene? Yes. Uh no no no. It's it earlier from on? when they're in the barber shop and they're talking oh, about so after the scene. Yeah. Because they're like, what do you even know about girl? Because he's yeah. the one who told him to go over to his house and yeah, take out the braids. Yeah, because uh, he's uh, is not black, but Jordan is, and I don't know. I think he's nervous. Like <laughs> maybe she's only into black guys, which could be true. Um, and they're just giving him some advice about like, hey, this is how you do it. Like, I know she texted you once saying that she was really thankful that you showed up to one of one of her, you know, games, (laughs) games, one of her track sessions. I don't know what it is anyway, but like they're trying to give him a little bit of advice and that that kind of stuff. Um, and then from there, they go off to the barbershop and, um, you know, barbershops is where the boys talk and, um, Anyone who's watched Barbershop with uh, Nicki Minaj. Yeah. <laughs> Barbershop 3. Barbershop 3 <laughs> with Nicki Minaj and the other girls. Is Queen Latifah in that one too? No, that's Beauty Shop. Oh, that's that Beauty one's Shop. good too. That's another good romance because she falls yeah. in love with Jiwon Hansu and he's so fine as yeah. well. Everybody knows when you come to these spaces, best believe you're about to hear right, wrong advice. Um, a lot of wrong. A lot of it is wrong. And some of the stories are crazy. This case, there was nothing too crazy, but... 
you know, the, I think the owner of the barbershop or the person who's doing his little trim. I forgot his name. I didn't write it down. I know. I, I'm think, trying to think of it, too. Anyway, they were, you know, he, you know, PJ went and told them, the guy went over to her house. I helped, you know, I helped uh, undo her braids. They're just like, ooh. <laughs> they said, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's nice. Wow. He's an interest of a girl. He's like, yeah. No, they clowned him first. They're like, yeah. who gave you that dumb idea? <laughs> just know I said you're crazy. That's what I meant. And then, <laughs> you're crazy. Ooh, that's wild. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> then they were like, well, it was the Essene and his non-black ass. And, and he's, he's just like, you know, my sister's friends come over and I see them do it. He's like, I imagine, I admire the dedication. Like, y'all sit there for hours. Yeah. Um, No, truly. Um, and there's an older man there who's just listening to all these these uh, young folks talking about how to get ladies. When I, you know, I I know how things work. And mm. so on his way out, I think they call this old man receding hairline. They don't call him by his full yes, name. Yes, they say receding hairline. And I was like, what is a receding hairline doing in a barbershop? <laughs> you need to be on the flight to Turkey. No, you have to polish it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> polish up is just crazy. some uh, black spray. Um, and that old man tells uh, tells PJ, like, listen. You know, do something thoughtful. I was, I was, I've been married for like 13 years, and one thing I know is that you have, to, you have to just something that's meaningful. You know, something that matters. It doesn't yeah. have to be a grand gesture, just something that shows that you listen, you care, and whatever. And that gives him some ideas about how his first date with Danny is gonna be. Right. Um. Meanwhile, Danny is trying to think of a way to flake on this man. She's like, "How can I, how can I get out of this?" And this is where it started to upset me. I'm just like, "Girl, just go." Like. Please, a guy told you his intentions, and maybe because what happened in the past is probably blocking how she sees guys in the future. Yes. That's what it is. But she tries to flake. Um, PJ's not obbing it, okay? He's just like, listen, girl, I'll return you home, you know, as soon as you want. Like, please. And she's like, hmm, college essays coming up, NY, NYU, NYU, NYU. And he's just like, listen, you're having writer's block. Let's do something, you know, without with with movement, with some motion. And obviously, she's just like, this man is so persistent. And she agrees. And um, that's how that chapter ends. I think the next chapter is going to be their date. <laughs> so I'm going to read ahead. <laughs> I already saw a bit of it. Mm-hmm. I somehow stopped myself. Ooh, I couldn't. I said, wait, 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 quick, quick, quick. Let me just see what's going on in the first couple of chapters. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> What's going to happen is that I like when you know something's coming up yeah. and you know, like, oh, it's seven days. Okay. So, but he's reminding you that something's coming up, girl. Okay. Yeah. Don't you forget and don't you flake. Don't message me the day of saying, are we still on? What do you mean? You're the one who planned it. Um, so PJ, this also comes to show if you really like some person, you'll be willing to look like a fool for them. Absolutely. Because this man is waiting for texts. He's he's begging her, like you know what I mean. Like he if keeps it was thinking girl, about her. Yeah, exactly. If it was another girl, you'd be like, I don't care. I'm out. And a lot of them are like that. Yes. And that's why, to be honest, if you're not seeking to find a real genuine connection, don't. <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing. Some loveless, you know, casual. Yeah. Let the real men step forward. Okay, the ones who will <laughs> please <laughs> let please. the real men step forward. Please, Hannah, I'm begging. Okay, well, I absolutely love this book. We've just started. Everything about this book it makes me smile. It makes me happy. It's 
it's simple it's poetic it's complex yeah and it's really it's just it's churning my mind you know i feel like I i'm butter simple i think it's well you said simple and complex it can't be both no we can <laughs> because um, think about it in terms of the story like it's a very i wouldn't say have you read other books that are just like the it's still the same structure but like they have a lot of like fluff in it like they pack it in pack it in pack it in. like i have to reread some sometimes i'm just like what's going on here i, mm. I lost it I, like i'm in terms of like how it's built up it's very simple that's because it's a ya and i'm pretty sure it's supposed to be also easily read by yes. people who are 12 years old and up um i don't think 12 is the target I think age it's 12 let me check 12 is kind of crazy Ages 12 and up yeah oh, okay yeah i assumed <laughs> <laughs> no really because i think at 12 i was I was getting into a lot of like YA stuff. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. I do I do as well. I I really love it. Like I already said that like a thousand times so far and I I'm I think it's already gearing up to be a top contender for the year. Listen, but we'll see. When we do our top 5 books of 2024, <laughs> you are going to see Ebony Liddell. Ooh. No, you're going to see him. Ooh. I promise you. No, this is, we've started out with some really, really fierce competition. I can't lie. I love how we treat these books like they're in competition with they each are. other. This is the reading games. <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I'm excited. Like Hannah said, I'm going to be reading ahead. Um, I'm excited to see what is up next and you know what what's going with everything that's going <laughs> all right y'all as usual please follow us on instagram tiktok twitter at romantically lit or you can email us at romantically lit nope you can email us yeah at romantically lit at gmail.com sorry y'all the ads threw me but romantically lit gmail.com tell us what if you're reading a new book what book somebody on twitter already has read one book and we're only on day two of the year what do you mean they said they read a whole book on well, the how first many pages i don't know but it, it scared like me that. it scared me to move faster um so if y'all are one of those people tell us what you've already read this year what's on your tbr that you're interested in reading what would you think we should read please let us know and of course follow us as hannah said on our many platforms um it's just look up romantically lit you'll see our smiling faces there uh and yeah and a happy new year again happy first week on the new year um and yeah we'll be back next week for more love radio stay safe stay happy stay healthy stay sizzling okay. bye bye, bye. 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 bye.